0: straight
1: through the middle, got Mike to beat at the last goes Watson on the outside oh, Watson
0: goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black, and white. My name is Gabriel, and I am joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan Tom. On from the low of drawing with Saracens to the high of qualifying for our first semi-final in five years, to the low of a
1: 35-6 pumping, the rollercoaster ride rolls on. Yeah, it's never boring, G. You know, bitterly disappointing, as you say, um, on Saturday. Um, not to be, I think. You know, there's no bar fan out there that we, would say that we weren't better. We were, we were bed, We were beaten. Sorry. Um, the emotions still, still going to be, G. We're beaten by a better side on the day. Fair play to. To Exeter, um, you know they know how to win those semi-finals. They know how to soak up that all the pressure that that we could put on them, um, and and come back with a vengeance. And and they did that. And and them along with Wasps, who um, uh, certainly enjoyed that that game against Bristol. Along with the Wasps, I think that they, they both deserve to, to to be the finalists ultimately. But but plenty of positives uh, to take. Um, from a Bath perspective Jay
0: yeah I think it's kind of difficult to find an overriding emotion after Saturday because you know wasn't expecting to be there at lockdown I didn't think we'd finish as strongly as we did then I wasn't expecting to be there when we drew with Saracens um, but then I genuinely thought we had a chance of, of, of putting up a decent show against Exeter um, and whilst we we, we we did well in certain areas as we're going to come on to a 35-6 defeat it, it is a pretty hefty defeat and it kind of is a reality check to, to how far Bath are from the best team in England no doubt and potentially we'll find out that maybe the best team in Europe so it's difficult to to sum up my, my overriding emotion I guess I am proud of the boys but I'm also kind of I am basically disappointed with, with with certainly the result and kind of the the reality of where we are
1: in comparison to the best. Yeah, I, th- I think so. You know, ultimately, all that matters is the you know the the, the scoreboard at the end of the match. Um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously biased, but I would say that if you you know if you switched on during various parts and, and watched snippets during that game, um, you would have probably been surprised that the scoreline was was 35-6, as you said. I think we we showed real glimmers. Um, we had opportunities. we started uh, particularly well, as we said that 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 would be needed um but gee you know as i said, exeter despite looking down those team sheets and and you know identifying potential potential mismatches and, and you know we're very very strong um on paper. Exeter for the last few seasons have been uh, building up a way of winning that isn't pretty at times um but allows them to get the job done against um English Premiership sides in, in particular. They are so, so good, as I said, at battening down the hatches in their own twenty-two, at soaking up all the pressure, um, and ultimately winning that mental battle when they do get the turnover, when they do force the error. And then looking on the other side of that coin G, you let them get a sniff. Mm. You let them we make one mistake, you let them get a sniff in the 22, and they very, very rarely Um, uh, leave the 22 without some kind of points and ultimately that kind of scoreboard pressure is so relentless and so difficult to take and um, yeah we're we're just not quite there yet G but as I say um, I really do believe that this Bath side's moving in the in in, in the right direction now
0: Mm. yeah I mean the game was won in the two red zones in the (laughs) 22s possession territory so so similar but when you get in that area, Exeter are far more clinical than Bath and far better at defending their own line. And, you know, I mentioned that it was five minute, five years um, since our previous semi-final appearance, Tom, and it kind of felt a little bit like the opposite of, of what happened on that day. You know, on that day, Bath won so convincingly against Leicester, and on that occasion... The visits to the 22 again were similar, but Bath, I think, scored on all but one of their visits to the 22 on that day. And, Ex- and Leicester, five years ago, you know, only scored one try. And it was a, it was a similar situation on Saturday, um, but, but the, the kind of roles were reversed. And you know I do think that both Bath and Exeter are trying to play quite a similar game. Uh, based around their um, set piece, based around their forward pack, based around their driving maul, um, and getting it within five meters, and then pushing. Uh, pushing over the line, Bath have, have had some success doing that, particularly since lockdown. Um, but it just felt a little bit like Exeter and extra light out there. You know, not only were Exeter kind of much more experienced at, at doing that sort of game, um, but also much more experienced in recent semi-finals. And I kind of think that Bath are just maybe three or two or three years behind, kind of. The, the, the trajectory that Exeter are on and, and kind of if we keep going there is hope that we eventually get to where they are but it does feel like Exeter are just so far ahead in, in almost every way in terms of their game plan.
1: Yeah I, I agree with that I think it, you know it, it is almost a little bit like watching um, you know an Exeter um, you know with much nicer kit and with a much richer history um, but <laughs> but sort of two, two seasons ago or something like that mm. um, and when you ultimately come up um uh you know against a side who know what you're trying to do have have been through um, um in a way what what you're trying to achieve and as you say in terms of dominant set piece driving more pick and go um and know how to defend it as well it um it it becomes very very difficult but you know I think as as we said as I say I think we we did start really fast and and that was crucial um we we said in the in the preview um, a recording that we recording that we, did, recording that we did that we did that we did that we to stay ahead because Exeter are, are so clinical in that last um, sort of quarter of the game when when you know um, they can get ahead. I think I think I read that uh, three of the last five Premiership semi-finals they've been in they've won by thirty points or, or they've scored thirty points or more or something like that. So um, they really can get ahead and then put you to bed um once once they've kind of got you by the balls as it were mm. um but you know gee we we weren't without chances yeah no, no. in that first half um and you just felt so McConaughey, for example just getting um i guess nudged into into touch or dropping the ball um in the corner um so unlike him uh, lovely offload from cam redpath and and him not able to to finish the job Um with will stewart as well who kind of had a, an accidental offside um quite close to the line potentially you know a, a try um could have could have led to that. Um, and then um, nearly a huge moment in that first half with Tolupi Falatau making um a, a fantastic winding break, um, uh, making it look so easy as he always does. Um, but his yeah, the final pass that would have um uh, uh would have put the, the guy supporting him under the sticks was intercepted by Hogg who nearly then went <laughs> the other the other um all the way to to score for Exeter. So a few moments um, you feel like if a couple of those things go, go differently, we score two or three tries in that first half, do we put the the cats amongst the pigeons a bit? Um, who knows? Um, but but ultimately not able to, to take those opportunities and, and you have to do so against um, a side of that quality.
0: Yeah, I, I think to beat Exeter on Saturday, almost everything had to, to go right. And obviously those three instances, you say, Tom, so pivotal. Uh, you know, maybe it wouldn't have decided the game, but it would have been a hell of a lot closer. Um, and I do think at times, you know, we didn't help ourselves in a way in that in that first half. So their first try um, comes from a 22. That they kick off, McNally drops the 22, Maunder collects it, kicks downfield uh, Watson has to play it and it's their scrum, their line out inside our 22 and then their next try comes from a botched restart uh, by Tom Ellis kind of the sun in, in his eyes and he drops it into touch inside our own 22 and, and it's a line out inside our 22 and we know that um, when they get inside their 22 that, that their success rate is so so high so I do think that you know, we weren't clinical enough and then we gifted them ways into our 22 and our discipline on the day was, was really good, Tom. So only six penalties conceded mm. was a fantastic effort. So we didn't necessarily allow them into our 22 based on ill discipline. Unfortunately, we did it based on, you know, on those two occasions, botched restarts, which is something just so basic and something which you can get right yourselves. Um, and we, we couldn't afford to, to let them get inside. It's just so litter. tough, isn't
1: it? Like, we, you know, I think you made the point before the game that um, it's almost inevitable that Exeter will will score a few tries because you you can't really get through an 80 minute performance without you know a little knock on here and there or a um, you know a charge down or a kick that um, that, that runs us back down into our, our 22 um, from from broken play you, you can't really avoid those kind of things mm. um, as you say what you can avoid is is the, is the old discipline and as I say as you said I think we we did that well. Um, and so if you you know if you take that as a given you really do need to take your own opportunities and ultimately um put pressure on them through the through the scoreboard as well um and you know we, we spoke about the the tries g another you know big i guess talking point and big factor potentially in the game um was the 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 yellow card um for was it Johnny Hill i think mm-hmm. it was yeah so another big factor um, ultimately, probably not telling in the in terms of the the overall result. But you feel that if roles are reversed, there we're ahead. We go down to fourteen. Exeter would make uh, would find a way of 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 punishing us um, uh, on the scoreboard. So um, yeah, uh, what were your thoughts on the the, the yellow card or, or red card or? Wow. <laughs> It's in my
0: mind. It's a, it's a clear red card contact to the head with force. Uh, I can't understand why it wasn't given a red card, and that was not why why we lost the game by any means. Even though Johnny Hill did end up scoring two tries, um, I think what was so disappointing once the yellow card has been given is we weren't able to capitalise during that period, as, as you kind of alluded to there, Tom. You know, it's a huge opportunity, even though it isn't the full kind of sanction that he should have got. Um, it is a sanction, and it is a chance and and we should have been able to take that opportunity with them down a second row and and our kind of driving mall. We weren't able to do that and that was just another opportunity missed on the day.
1: Yeah, and I think it almost showed the the blueprint a little bit. I mean, I think the the next scrum after the yellow card, um, where they probably had the nudge or it had been relatively even, the next scrum obviously losing a guy like Johnny Hill from that scrum, we were banged straight on the the front foot pushing them back, got the penalty from from that scrum. You know, we've won games with our scrum this season, essentially. So, um, you know, uh, it, it, we probably should have been a little bit more, um, I guess, targeted and, and try and adapt a little bit better in terms of the way we were playing throughout that. Um, throughout that that ten minute period, what's happened to the scrum, Tom? Because it was
0: so dominant, kind of in the period immediately post lockdown. But certainly over the last three weeks, we just haven't been able to gain ascendancy. Do these guys look tired? Have people started to adjust? What's happened?
1: I think I think the main thing is tiredness. I think for, I I think firstly that extra front row is very very strong, um, scrummaging wise. Um, you know Hepburn Cowan um who's played prop. Um, um, kind of in 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 well at lower level in the past, and Harry Williams as well. That's a, a pretty beastly front row to, to contend with. But we saw it against Saracens with the kind of replacement loose head. So uh, for me, it's not just that. And I think you know Will Stewart. He's a he's a young guy. He's come from um, you know come from London Wasps where ultimately he's he's not been playing consistently in their first team um uh, and he hasn't been playing with the intensity um that he's been asked to play um for Bath he's basically started you know every game on that tight head side and as i say i just think maybe that, that the season has started to to take its toll he looks a little bit kind of um i guess downbeat in his body language as well um uh, and maybe it is just the the toll of the season um, uh, for him. Um, not going to get any easier as well because he's not got a long summer on the beach. No, <laughs> no, no. Um, First of November, we'll be back in action against Newcastle. Exactly, and I think I think we do need to look it away. I mean, this probably not all for now. I mean, we're going to do a, a, a kind of a. Um, When the dust has settled on, we're going to do Mm. kind of a a full review podcast and and look ahead to the the very short preseason and and then into next season. But I think more generally, we need to look at a way of spreading the load, I think, a bit better. Um, I think think, um, Christian Judge should be given a bit more of an opportunity in that starting shirt. Um, Mm. And I also think, you know, we saw a few minutes of Henry Thomas. And we're seeing him, you know, back in the stands, we're seeing him um, um, kind of with kit on and training. So the assumption is that he's fit. Um, and we know uh, what a class like Henry Thomas is. So I'd like to see him uh, back, particularly for the, you know, for the start of next season, um, and, and kind of spreading, I think, the the load across those three guys. Because, you know, Will Stewart is a huge talent. I'm a huge, huge fan of of him. But ultimately, it's a very difficult and, and demanding place to play physically. Um, he's a very, very young guy, 23 mm. or 24. Um, and, uh, you know, <laughs> got to have some sympathy from there, I think.
0: Yeah, but
1: you can understand, though, why
0: Hooper and Hatley kind of went for it so strongly with team selection and didn't try and spread the load because those guys have been been so effective and yeah that maybe is something we need to to look at at the start of uh next season getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here but I know we start with a relatively easy schedule uh, at the start of the, the upcoming season so maybe that will be an opportunity um, to, to give these guys a rest but then I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Abano, Dunn and Stewart all in the, the England squad um, so, so that certainly won't help them uh, with a rest um, as, as I say, as you say Tom, we're going to do a, a kind of end of season review, it's been 14 months long this season um, and we're going to try and wrap it up Enough podcast, uh, maybe give out some Bath Rugby Plug Awards. Um, that will be out in your feeds in the next week or so. We're going to give ourselves a bit of time, as you say, let the dust settle on this result. Um, this yeah, I don't semif- know. Well, I need, I need a break from all this. <laughs> relentless.
1: If you're still listening, um,
0: fair play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it has been relentless rugby, Tom, um, and relentless Exeter Chiefs on Saturday. Any final thoughts uh, from our semi
1: final defeat? Uh, yeah, not really. I think you know as i say we, we it's been a, um uh, an emotional but i think an incredibly positive uh period for for bath since the restart. the most positive since um you know we reached that last semi final uh 5 years ago um and i think there's a lot to to look forward to in, in the future uh, for for you know the reasons that we've we've spoken about um many times um i think the yeah the game was very very tough i really don't think that um, we are as far away as the the scoreline um, suggested. There, I think, in a lot of areas we were almost had parity, and for large parts of that game, um, we we showed that we're we're right up there. We just can't um, yet deal with the intensity that the extra extra brought, um, uh, nor can we finish off our our opportunities um, quite yet. But you know, we've got so so much better at that, and some of the results that uh, in in recent weeks, Sale, Gloucester in particular, are testament uh, to that. Um and then yeah, I was just gonna mention a couple of guys as well from, mm-hmm. from the game. Um I thought Cameron Redpath had a had a great game yet again. Um as I mentioned, the little offload to McConaughey looked really dangerous, ball in hand, taking it to the line in a way that no one else else really does in the team and distributing, um, to step up from from sale, to come across a new club and to play like that in a semi-final um against a team like Exeter, fantastic work. Um, and Jonathan Joseph, as well, I thought outside him was mm. um, potentially less surprising, big game player that he is, but um, also had a great game. Um, and then, yeah, some of the big boys, again, just putting their bodies on the line and spoke about Will Stewart being tired. They've all played a lot of rugby. Um, so the, the commitment and effort from guys like Barno, um, um and, and Tom Dunn, uh, Charlie Ewells as well um, 17 uh, you know, tackles for Yeah, such an effective captain. Let's not forget, he's, mm. um, you know, I think 25 years old. Uh, leading those guys in, um, uh, and uh, yeah, they should be fantastically proud. I hope they enjoy their um, short break and recharge as best, best as possible. Um, yeah, they can, they can, as I say, they can be proud of, of their efforts. I know that you know all Bath rugby fans will be as well. Yeah, and I think you know, despite the defeat, the general consensus
0: from from Twitter, Bath rugby fans, and just from Bath rugby fans that I've spoken to is one of immense pride and, and probably immense disappointment that the scoreline necessarily didn't reflect the efforts of the guys. Elliot Stuke, thirteen tackles in thirty minutes off the bench, was kind of epitomised just putting his body on the line as all the Bath players have um, since lockdown, and you know it's been a pretty tough time for for, for everyone. So Bath putting a smile on our faces putting a smile hopefully on every bath rugby fans faces and um, yeah it's been an absolute blast time now for, for a well-deserved break uh, for the players and and for us Tom so as I say we'll be back with uh, a re- a, pr- a review of the season um, in the meantime do hit subscribe do follow us across social media uh, do spread the word about the podcast uh, enjoy the the finals upcoming I wish Bath bathroom one of them but it wasn't to be um, hopefully the there'll be more finals to talk about in the future.